Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. In these unprecedented times, if you are anything like me, you've got kids upstairs in school right now. And as you're listening to this, your internet could be warbling. You could be having trouble with the Wi-Fi because the kids are upstairs in school. So how can we help our kids while also keeping our own mental sanity throughout this sort of, we've all become homeschoolers now, right? So this is something that is difficult to adjust to. We've had a few months to learn, but part of that was in the summer. Now the kids are really ensconced in school And so to help us sort this out today is Dr. Arthur Lavin. He's a pediatrician and spokesman for the American Academy of Pediatrics. And you can read his blog at Real Answers with Dr. Lavin. Dr. Lavin, it's a pleasure to have you join us again. You are an excellent guest. So now we've got kids in school and some of them are struggling. Some of them love it. How can we best help our kids? You're a pediatrician. Give us your best advice right off the bat. Thanks, Melly. Again, so good to be with you and Radio MD again. Thanks for having us. And uh, again, great to be able to speak for the American Academy of Pediatrics. So I think the first thing that parents need to do is acknowledge that this is a very, very difficult time. And I'm going to say right now, between between today on this program right now and uh, the period in which we actually have vaccines uh, used, we're going to go through a very hard time uh, it's going to get worse because of we continue to insist on gathering when we shouldn't around holidays. So uh, I know in the Cleveland area, schools that have been open since August are now closing. Uh, we're seeing that uh, schools in most of our major cities have, have uh, seen um, closures. And uh, there's nowhere for this virus to go but up right now. So as the pandemic rages, we're going to see more school closures, I'm afraid. So the first thing I want to say to parents is it's not your imagination. We are living through a historic catastrophe. And even if none of your listeners, I hope, get infected or get ill and no one they care for gets sick, it's still going to be extremely disruptive. Whether you're online or in a hybrid setting or whatever, even if you're in school full time and you have the shadow of a closure over your head, this virus has changed last spring and this academics year experience in school. So the first thing to say is, this is a very tough time. There's going to be some ground lost. There's going to be some stress placed on your children. There's going to be interruption of social interactivity. And so just know that it's like a very bad bit of weather we're suffering for the last year or so. Hopefully it will lift. We'll see the sun come out again. I'm quite confident in 2021. I'm quite confident schools will be completely back to normal by uh, uh, the beginning of next school year in the fall. Uh, there'll be spotty uh, emergence of sunlight, you know, partly cloudy, shall we say, in the spring as vaccines roll out. And as this group and that group gets immunized, you might see the pandemic lift off the, off of the shoulders of this or that group. But by next fall, we're pretty confident school will return to normal. Yeah, so that's the, that's the current situation. So let's just start with that off the top. Okay, so that's very reassuring and encouraging, really, for parents to hear. Now, in the moment, we're all dealing with this. 
I mean, I imagine that the internet companies are being just absolutely swamped. And you and I have talked before about ways to keep in touch. And so much of it seems to be virtual and digital now. So with this school, first of all, I had to tell my kids no bed school. No bed school. You cannot do school in bed. Start with a list for us, Dr. Lavin, of ways that we can help our kids to learn better and not struggle so much and to get a decent education, even though they're not sitting in a classroom. We're going to talk about the social aspect of school in a minute, but give us a list, as it were, of of ways that we can work with our kids to help them to do better in school at this point. Sure. So I'm going to take the uh, most challenging scene, which is uh, fully virtual or at-home school, online, however you want to call it. And so the first thing to say as parents, it's our duty and responsibility to make sure our children come to their session well-rested and well-fed. And that's important because all the routines are sort of uh, gone up in smoke right now. You know, the bus doesn't come for your child if you're learning at home. And um, just the usual routine that would have all been sort of trained to be part of has vanished. So we want to... we want to create our own routines and make sure bedtime still occurs at a time that gives them plenty of time to wake up and get a good breakfast before they come to the uh, screen. And the other thing we want to do is make sure our children come to the screen as, as eager to learn as possible. So if they're upset about not seeing a friend, which we'll talk about in a moment, we want to talk about that after school's over for the day. And, and let's use that time after the teacher says goodbye and after homework's done to talk about what this has been like for your child, what they like about it, you know, maybe they like some parts about it, and what they don't like about it. And almost everyone has something they don't like about uh, the disruption. So yeah, so the first thing on the list is come to class well-fed, well-rested, with good routines in place, and making sure all the frustrations that this brings in its tail are, are dealt with. Secondly, uh, we, on the list, we want to be sure that there's a set of routines that allow for the child to uh, get their work done after school is over. So um, again, the way that schoolwork is done during the uh, classroom time and that it's done after the teacher signs off is very different virtual than in person. And I, I would urge all parents to explicitly have a routine, even make a chart or a picture or a diagram of it uh, to put on the wall so the child knows what their new routine is in terms of doing work during the session you have to learn, of course, what your teacher's expectations are for each class, and then, of course, the homework after session. Then I think it's uh, very helpful for uh, you to, you know, it, it, let's say you have several children. There's going to be a different answer for each child, but the third thing on the list is know your child. Some children love to sit and watch the computer screen. They like it better than classroom. There's not a whole lot to help them with in terms of adapting to on-screen learning. But then there's going to be other children who don't like to sit still. They don't like to sit still in the classroom. But it's a little easier because peer pressure is working in the classroom to knuckle under and sit still, but maybe not at home, where they're used to running around all day when they're at home and not at school. So uh, knowing how each of your children come to the expectation that they're going to sit and learn through a screen is very important. And I mentioned sitting still, but under this third piece on the checklist, there's several subheadings. The first would be what to do about the child doesn't like to sit still. The second would be what to do about the child having trouble following what the teacher's saying, because sometimes our kids do better reading instructions rather than listening to instructions. So is your child learn best through what a teacher's saying or through a 
piece of material that's directing them. Uh, so knowing your child's learning styles is important. And um, so again, on many counts, you want to know you want to know how your child learns on on screen or anywhere really, and adapt their activity level, their energy level, their ease of getting bored, their ease of getting anxious, their learning style, whether it's written or hearing things, and make sure that you come to that screen with all those things being uh, uh, dealt with. For the, I'll just say, give a quick example, and then we'll go on to your next question. The um, example of the child who likes to run around, can't sit still, uh, probably the best solution to that is try to um, have some exercise uh, before and if there's breaks during the uh, classroom uh, online activity, during those breaks, have something a kid loves to do, not not push-ups and you know exercises that add another layer of expectation, but some activity they love to do to get some of that excitement and energy out. But I, I use that as an example uh, to uh, remind all parents that there's a lot of work to be done to understand who their child is, how they fit, how they learn, and make sure they come to that screen able to do both. Wow, what great advice. And and when you say about exercise, I'm an exercise physiologist and I am even finding it hard since they don't have gym and, you know, littler ones aren't having recess for parents to really make sure that their kids do get some physical activity because it's it's kind of become a sedentary situation for so many of us, Dr. Lavin, and I'm worried that we're going to see more childhood obesity as a result of this. But I'm glad you talked about routine, the importance of routine, but one of the things that we've had with our kids throughout any of this and even before is sleep. And in that routine, you know, maybe we could we could give them a little bit of a nudge when they had to be at school early, but now they can literally roll out of bed and, and, and plop down on their desk. And so they stay up all night, maybe on their screens or on TikTok or Instagram, whatever, and they're not getting the sleep. I notice it in both my kids and my friends and I have all talked about it. So what do you want us to know about, you mentioned the routine, but sleep is kind of its own little enigma, isn't it? It is, uh, although I have to say in my experience, the practice and what I hear through the academy, um, we're hearing, uh, why, as you might expect, everyone has a different take on sleep and every situation gives another nod in another direction. So I want to share with your audience that the a, a large number of families where children are actually getting a lot more sleep than they used to. We see this in particular during actual closures where there's no virtual school. I think in April and May, we recorded the, great, the best sleep two months that uh, children have experienced in the families I care for anyway around the Cleveland area because there was no wake-up time and bedtime sort of vanished. People reverted to their natural cycle and they they started getting 10 or 11 hours of sleep a night. And a lot of parents told me their children were better rested. But that's not everyone's experience. And certainly now that uh, everyone's back in school, even virtually, uh, there is a disruption with all the um, worry and um, change in routine that's come that has led to a lot of people losing sleep. But, but I want to say, I'm glad you raised that question because it raises the big issue, uh, the, the big elephant in the room, which is the mental health um, toll that this viral catastrophe is uh, imposing on all of us. And that is, um, you know, the disruption of time with friends, being cut off from time together, being cut off from play, uh, being cut off from routines. These are recipes for anxiety and sad feelings and uh, feeling discouraged. Uh, we're seeing a, a big rise in the number of children seeking um, 
help for actual mental health issues. So I want your listeners to know that um, if they see their child looking sad, their energy down, the uh, sense of discouragement, very upset, you know, if if these things are happening, if behaviors are worsening, if anxiety is getting more intense, don't hesitate to reach out to your pediatrician. They're there to help you sort out whether there's a problem there or not. And if there is, how to help your child get back on their feet. Well, I think that is such a great message. And I was going to ask you about the mental health and how we can also help ourselves. Because while we're trying to help our children and we're looking for some of those red flags, as you say, maybe sleeping in the day or, you know, depression, signs, as you say, sadness, it's hard for them not to see their friends and things. And as a parent, my mom used to say, you're only as happy as your most unhappy child. So if we're seeing our children like this, and we're feeling like this, how do we come together as a family unit so that we practice self-care for ourselves and we're able to, because you know this as well as I do, we cannot, and especially women, we cannot help the ones we love unless we put our own masks on, which takes a whole new meaning at this point, doesn't it? And so we really have to help ourselves as well. Give us a whole little wrap-up, a summary of how we can help our children to do school online, because many of them are completely virtual, how we can self-care, take care of ourselves so we can take care of our children, and how we can make this whole family unit that we're, that we're in work without all of the things that happen when you're enclosed in a space for just the four of you or the 10 of you or whatever it is, you're enclosed in a space. So give us your best advice for helping our children struggle and helping us as well so we can help our children. Sure, Melanie. So order number one, the top of the list, top of the order, I should say, is to, as you say, make sure your family is safe first. As you said, you know, you need the oxygen first so you can help your child. But in this case, what that means is taking every step humanly possible, especially now that we're in the most intense, the most dangerous part of the pandemic, to keep that virus out of your home and away from your children, and away from your parents, and, and away from yourselves. And what that means is these steps. Stay away from everyone. Be as isolated as you possibly can be. Don't go anywhere for Christmas. Don't go on any trips. Stay at home as much as you can. If you need to work, fine. If you need to go out to get food, fine. But be sure if you're out of the home that you're wearing a mask and you're staying six feet away from everyone and you wash your hands frequently. So the first order of business is keep the virus from spreading amongst those you care for. Secondly, if you are boxed in and home, as you should be as much as possible, let's look for ways to entertain each other, to have a good time. Yes, there's Netflix, but there's also board games. There's family activities. There's all sorts of uh, fun games that people can do. There's music to be played and listened to. There's dancing. There's storytelling. There's reading to each other, even if everyone's older. Um, That can uh, fill the hours with a lot of closeness and warmth. And then lastly, when we talk about doing our work, parents are doing their work at home. Uh, increasingly, children are doing school uh, at home mostly. Uh, let's be sure that the routines are in place to make sure everyone can get their work done. Um, it's a tall order. None of us were trained to any of this work. No one was expecting a pandemic to force us to do all these things at home as recently as uh, 10 months ago, but here we are. So we're all improvising. It's no one's imagination that it's a tall order, but uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics 
uh, is here to help you as are the nation's pediatricians. And we're so grateful to Melanie and Radio MD for helping us get the word out on this. Thank you so much, Dr. Lavin. You are so lovely. And and I imagine that you're the best pediatrician ever because I can hear the passion in your voice for how much you care about families. And, and that certainly shows. So thank you for joining us today. And listeners, please share this show. We all have kids that are struggling right now. We're all struggling right now. So share this show on your social channels so that other families can learn from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics. And it's in conjunction with HealthyChildren.org, their consumer website. You can listen to these shows on Spotify and iTunes, everywhere that podcasts are played. But we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. And definitely, definitely care for yourself. That way you can care for those that you love during this historic time. This is Melanie Cole for Radio MD, Healthy Children, and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe and stay well.